world works wonder And better seats in family Okay, quickly. How was camp meeting experience for somebody here? Amen. You know, each moment at the end of every year, we are done retreating and we are done praying. Uh, it creates, oftentimes, a holiday mood for, <laughs> for some person. Uh, they want to go recoup. Uh, maybe with some rest and all of that. Amen. But we we'll thank God that we are all here this evening. Amen. Are you excited? Do you believe the word of God? Amen. So now, someone asked me a question. If Satan is not the opposite of God, why is he that powerful? And the reply is first intellectual before we begin to look into scriptures. The creator cannot be compared with what he created. Hallelujah. And outside that too, for those of us that were not created, we were better of God. Mostly said that God created us. But then uh, let us say Moses. King James rendered it in 1631 that God created us. But then John, the beloved, gave a correct description. He said that we were born of God. So we're not just created. So, because if you are created, your makeup will be the content from which you were created from. But when you give birth to something, it, that is the only premises it can carry your image and your likeness. Hallelujah. So, God did not just create us. God gave birth to us. And uh, part of what you look into that is that uh, in biology, reproduction does not happen in isolation. There is need for a coming together. And the Bible says, God said, let us. And they came together to make that we, we are here today. Hallelujah. So now, even us who were born of God, we can no longer be the opposite of God. We are the image and express image and expression of God. So now, how is Satan that powerful? How is he so able to do all he does? And the key is simple. We said it in church here. You can never see a fake $20 bill. Or, let's change it. You never see, let's localize it. You will never see a fake that five naira note. You know the reason? Because there is no original that five naira note. So, but you must have come across some fake $1,000 note or some fake $500 note. The reason simply being because there is an original. Hallelujah. Now, once the original is there, you can then begin to try to copy it. And to the extent one is ignorant of what the original is, the fake is as powerful as the original. So what do I mean? The purchasing power of a fake $1,000 note. Sorry. Of a fake, you know, dollar is too much in my mouth. Amen. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> the, the purchasing power of a fake 1,000 Naira note on the desk of a cashier who is not aware of how fake that currency is, is as potent and as powerful as the real 1,000 Naira note. So that's why the Bible talked about my people perishing for lack of knowledge. So ignorance creates the premises for Satan to become powerful. Am I communicating? The, 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 to the extent to which a believer is not aware of the fakeness of what Satan is offering, it begins to lend its strength to have premises to execute some actions. Hallelujah. So, in this season that we have prayed, our expectations are high. The things that we are believing God for are very large. But there are two important scriptures we are going to look at and from there, see what God is saying to us today. The Bible said, someone should open Psalms chapter 23 verse 2. Before then, I'm going to read for you Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. The Bible said, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay a foundation in Zion, a sure foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. He said that whosoever believes in it will not make haste. Amen. He said, I make something that has been tried, something that has been tested, something that has been proven. Anybody who understands what it is will not be in a hurry. The book of Proverbs said that he that maketh haste, sinneth. Now, pastor has shown to us what the word sin means. To sin is not a, a, religious, a religious language as to making God to be offended. To sin is a spot language, which simply means to miss the mark. So, Pastor illustrated to us this several years ago. You have this game. And then you have people who are giving darts to throw or giving bows to shoot. If you miss the mark, the umpire will shout, Sin! Is it making sense? And what does it say? You missed what? The mark. So sinning is not just about getting God offended. Sinning is about you losing a point. You have missed the mark. So the Bible said that anyone who is making haste will always miss the mark. So if a man is making haste in business, he will miss the mark. If a man is making haste into marriage, he will miss the mark. If you are making haste in your relationship, you will miss the mark. If you are making haste in your career, you will miss the mark. Hallelujah. He said that you, for they that, that, that their minds have stayed on him, 
will give them peace round about. There is something that comes with knowing that God is on a training system with you. It creates an assurance and a peace that can can give you all the premises for you to allow yourself to go through the process. Why is it important? The average egg boils in 87 degrees of water. Centigrade. But sir, if you boil water 87 degrees, fully boiled, and you take an egg and put it inside and bring it out, it will not be ready. It is necessary for that egg to go with the water from 0 to 87. Because it is not just in the one-time encounter, it's about the process and the experience that God wants to take a man through. Am I communicating? So it's not just about God putting in a man the ability to have touch and follow in his business place. Does it exist? Yes. It is something that is visible and is present. Can God do it? Yes. Has he done it before? Yes. Where did he do it? He said to Israel, move to the house of any Egyptian. Tell him to empty all the gold in his house and they will bring it. And in one night, three million Jews emptied the entire gold in Egypt. It's such a fool. It's sweet tongue. That's what the Bible says. They go and borrow their gold. Just tell them you need to use it for two days. But <laughs> that two days will be on the other side. Amen. So can God do it? Yes, God can do it. Is God interested in doing it always? No. The Bible said that throughout their time in the wilderness, Every blessed day, God sent manna and pleaded with them, don't store anything. The next morning I'll send you fresh manna. But the Bible said that the very day their legs stepped into the promised land, manna ceased. Because manna is not God's method of training somebody. Am I communicating? Manna is not God's method of raising sons. Manna is not God's method of blessing his people. So instead of God giving a man the ability to talk sweetly and everybody in the market is buying from him or giving the person the charm that if it touches you, you just must buy from him. God is more interested in taking you through a process that creates trust in the market for you. Where your word is yes and is yes. God has developed in you. Have you not noticed there are people you pass 10 shops to just go and buy from their own? Why? Because if they tell you that this product is like this, it is like that. That is the charm God wants to put in you. Am I communicating? What Satan wants to do and he's doing is that process of putting in people the sweet tongue to talk and get results. But does he last? No. God is interested in taking a man through a process. Psalm chapter 24. He said, He maketh me to lie down first. Before He leads you beside the still waters. Before God will lead a man through any still waters of prosperity, He will first make you. The making is more important than the leading. The person you become in your family, the person you become in your business, the person you become in that industry, 
the person you become in that institution, the person you become in the process of your life, is what God is more interested in than in the short term experience. So God is ready to take Joseph from his family to the pit. And from pit to being a slave in Potiphar's house. From being a slave in Potiphar's house to being a prisoner. And from being a prisoner to going to the house of the king. Why is it necessary? So that the process will process in him the character that can sustain where God is taking him to. Amen. Because 2020 is already at the end of it. 2021 started already. Amen. And we have expectations. We are things to have prayed about. There are things we are looking out for. There is a character that is consistent with the thing that you are expecting from God. Bible says, shame shall be the promotion of a fool. So who is a fool? Any man ignorant of the next level is a fool for that level. So don't just look at it as a fool as a fool. So if a man is here and is believing God for a promotion, then that man should so doggedly train himself with relevant skills for the next level. Because after we have prayed, the next thing is to now begin to package ourselves for the thing that we have prayed for. After we have released spirits to go ahead of us, the next thing will be for us to now prepare ourselves for the spirit to meet us at the right place. You will not have sown seeds and prayed and made sacrifices and still go back to duping people. You will not have prayed and made sacrifices. Bible said that God hates cheating in the marketplace. When I was a kid, my mom, I think in two or three occasions, laid hands on me. Amen. You know, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There are two ways to lay hands. Either the, by impartation of the spirit or impartation of discipline. What happened? I was sent to the market to buy iron beans. And in those days, I don't know if they do it now, there's a bottom of the cup that is deep. Some persons will use the other part and be putting it for you. The moment you take your eyes off, they turn it and they use the other parts to begin to measure. That is cheating in the marketplace. The Bible said that God hates it. So you wouldn't have finished sowing sacrifice. And you're still turning beans with the back of the cup. There are characters that are consistent with the preparation that the man would have made. When a man is done coming before God in Shiloh, and you go back, you cannot continue with the attitude that is contrary. Because... For everything God does, God does it by himself. Each time man begins to come up with his gimmicks to assist God, it has always failed. There are instructions we labor in by instructions of faith. And there are things Abraham did that he did to help God. I've told us a story about a man who without instructions from God, God has given him a prophecy that he's going to win the battle. The Bible said that he went to the battle... And the battle was not the way he wanted it. The Bible said the man told God, if you give me this battle, I'll kill my, the first thing I see when I get home, I'll kill it. 
If there was no promise from God and he made that let's say that sacrifice that is something enough to compare the hand of God. But if God is already in the process of doing something, the best you can do is align with him. That's why Bible said that he has laid a sure foundation. Anyone who believes in that foundation should not make haste. Your responsibility is to align what the Spirit of God is doing in that instruction. Are there going to be contrary winds? Yes. Another man had the same experience. His name was who? Joshua. The Lord said to him that before the sun comes down today, you would have destroyed your enemies completely to the uttermost. And the Bible said that when they went into the battle, the sun was going down and they were not gone half. The guy remembered the word of the Lord. That before this sun comes down today, you are done with the battle. He turned to the sun and said, sun, stand still. Am I communicating? Every action taken in the line of prophetic agenda is empowered. Is always empowered. So once a man begins to assist God by his own activities, by his own gimmicks, it has always failed. From Abraham thinking that God is late and trying to get a child, and Ishmael showed up. Every single moment. So the Bible said that anyone that believes will not make haste. Because he will first of all make you. If you don't learn how to lie down, God cannot lead you. He said he maketh us to lie down in green pastures. What are the green pastures? Where you feed on instructions. You learn. You are being groomed. Then when that has been certified, the Bible said, then he leadeth you beside still waters. Say big amen. Hallelujah. He that believeth will not make it. He that believeth will not make haste. He that believeth will not make haste. He that believeth will not make haste. When the end of camp meeting comes like this, after every year, year after year, the thing in the heart of every person is resolved immediately. Is God against that? No. But I want to show you how to get that result. Amen? Because is God interested in slowing the process down? No. What God is interested is in you going through the process fast. The Bible says that if you see the right thing, I will hasten my word to come to pass. Meaning it's in God's prophetic agenda to make the things that you have seen to come to pass with ease and with speed. The Bible says He satisfies us early. And that's what you say. He loaded us daily with benefit, not yearly, not monthly. So you will see that in all of God's activity, there's an urgency in what He's trying to accomplish. But God's urgency in accomplishing His mission is not as important as his urgency in training a man that will accomplish that vision. So it is not only about praying in camp meetings, it is about making prayer a lifestyle. It is not about fasting during camp meetings, it is about making fasting a lifestyle. 
It's not about making sacrifices in coming. It's about making sacrifice a lifestyle. Because the process is more important than the action that happens once. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor told us a story some years ago. He said there was a man. He was traveling. A young boy. And then he got to the river. And then he was to be sailed across to the other side by an old man. And they entered the boat and they rowed left and right. And they got to the other border. And then he was to enter into the city. And the city gates usually locked in the evening. So this man who conveys people from one side of the river to the other obviously understands the city very well. So this young boy asked him, Do you think I'm going to meet up before they lock the city gates? And then the old man told him, if you take it easy, you'll get there on time. Praise the Lord. So the young boy looked at the statement. If you take it easy, you'll get there on time. It's a contradicting statement. So he was taking it easy. And at the time, felt like the instruction of the old man was not consistent with where he wanted to get to. And the young boy took off. It was not up to a few seconds after he had taken off. He was carrying a bundle of files, of papers. And the little roof that was tying it together got separated. And the heavy wind blew the entire paper and scattered it across. With almost half of it inside the water where he was coming from. So the young boy went back. And the patience he did not allow to have before was having his press down, shaking together, and running over. Now, in this story, it is because there is something the old man is seeing about where you are going to that the young man cannot see about where he is going to. And for that reason, David said, I am a stranger in this place. Do not hide your covenant away from me. So it's not a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. What we do during camp meeting is to retreat to be able to fire. Am I communicating? What we do is to do what? To retreat to be able to fire. When you take the catapult and you put the stone in it, and you drag it backward. People will think you are going backward, but you are actually going forward. The extent to which you are able to go back, we are trying to determine the speed with which you are going to go forward with. So now, when we retreat, and we retreat in God, and we begin to move forward, we are not moving forward to forget the things we practiced in the retreat. We are moving forward to continue in perpetuity. Pastor said, if it takes you raising up your leg to climb a staircase, it will take you raising the next leg to climb the next one. If it take you praying in tongues throughout camp meeting to get clarity, it will require you praying in tongues the more to continue maintaining that clarity. This is the major thing the Lord said I should share with us tonight. And then we'll pray. The Bible said, that greater works shall we do. Amen? And then the Holy Spirit began to show me 
In John chapter 14, verse 12. Let me read for you. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. The works that I do, he will also do. The works that I do, he will also do. Your biggest deliverance is understanding the word of God. And your biggest disadvantage is not understanding the word of God. Because this is our major weapon. When this weapon is used contrary to what it is supposed to be, then there is no other weapon you have. We've illustrated it before. Instead of holding the handle and using the blade against your enemy, if you are holding the blade and pushing the handle against your enemy, you are injuring yourself. The word of God is called the sword of the spirit. Instead of holding the handle and using the blade against your enemies, against situations, and you are holding the blade and using the handle against those situations, the person that will bleed is yourself. He said, more assuredly I say to you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these, he will also do. Because I go to my father. That is where we stop it. The moment you stop it here, you say greater works. Then he now gave us the key to the greater works. He said, For whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, I will do it. Or rather, he will do it. So how are you going to do greater works? By asking the Father in his name. How did Jesus get his results? By asking the Father. For you to do the greater works, you need to do greater prayers. Is it conflicting? Is it making sense? Open your Bibles again. Let's read it. Most assuredly I say unto you, He that believes in me, the work that I do, he will also do it. And greater works than this he will do. How shall he do it? By asking the Father. So the key to the greater works is prayer. He didn't say you do greater works by doing anything. You say you do greater works by asking the Father. So the greater works is prayer. I don't know if it's clear to somebody here. The works that I do, the person will do it. But he will do greater works. How? By asking the Father. Through prayer. So greater works equals to prayers. The more prayer you have, the greater the works you can deliver. Why? Because it is there you ask the Father. 
Pastor taught us that the biggest discovery a man can make is to discover that God has a weakness. And that weakness is that God loves to be depended upon. God loves to be depended upon. That's why the description to prayer is humility. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, without humility it is impossible to stay in the place of prayer. The moment you believe you can do it, it is difficult to pray. Have you not noticed that your prayer life is always heightened when you face a situation bigger than you? So it means all those times you were not praised because you believe you can do it. It's an illustration of how powerful you are. A.K.A. how proud you are. <laughs> Joshua said he's A.I. not a small city. He said they, sent, they came out, they destroyed Jericho, a mighty nation, damaged it. Achan took part of the uh, treasures from Jericho contrary to the instruction because that was a tithe that was the first spoil of all the battles and the Bible said that when they saw the city of Ai it was a small city they sent 2,000 guys they waited, they didn't come back they sent spies the spies did not see any rehab at any war spies did not come back they sent 3,000 men. They didn't come back. They sent 5,000 men. They didn't come back. Then they went to ask God, what is happening? God said, I've been waiting. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. The biggest secret of David is that daily dependency on God. Daily. Not a single battle did David take a step in without inquiring. Not one. One particular battle, the Bible said that the people came and they inquired of the Lord and the Lord said, go and destroy them. They destroyed the people. And the people came again. And he inquired of the Lord and the Lord said, go ahead and do it. just finish the people. And the people came yet again. If you came the first day and I beat you up. Let's say you came the first day and I went to see Pastor Sega and beat him. And I, beat, and I just finished you. And you come the second day. And I noticed Pastor was not around. I said, since I beat you, I, 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 I finished you again. And you come the third day. I will not make mistake of calling Pastor on the phone. I will say, let me do it like as I've always done it. And something which not that the Spirit has departed. For by strength shall no man prevail. What camp meeting should do for somebody here is to know that what you did in camp meeting is not what you should end in camp meeting. It is the lifestyle of an ever winning believer. And guess what? David went to inquire of God and God said, if you go, they will kill you. 
Imagine that David assumed I dealt with this for last month. Two weeks ago, so I killed their king and their sons. Who are these guys? If he had that assumption, Israel would have been in loss. But the Bible says he inquired of the Lord, even yet third time, and the Lord said, Don't go. He said, How then shall you say lay an ambush? Send so so number of people here. Move behind them. God gave them strategy. Am I communicating? Yes, sir. Not a single battle. The Bible said that he came back to Ziklag and his wife and all his children, all his captains, their wives and their children, their goats and their silvers, their animals has been taken and the whole city set on fire. Say test. The Bible says, let me just take a little caveat. That God gave an instruction to Saul through the prophet Samuel. He said, go to the place and in the seventh day, I'm going to come, let's make a sacrifice. And they were at the mountain the first day, second day, third day, fourth day. The more they waited, the enemies were advancing. And I want to show you all through scriptures. Have you not noticed no single nation has ever made physical attempt on Israel. They just talk. Let me explain. Goliath for 40 days with the entire Philistines to come up and say, if there's anybody, come out. If you think you are strong, why not come and fight us? The people you are afraid of are already dead afraid of you. The situation you think is bigger than you is already shaking because you have not taken steps. I don't know if you are getting me. If Goliath and the Philistines were strong, you don't come out for 40 full days. Not one day, not two days. For 40 days you come out and talk and shout and make noise and go back. Okay, if you get Mora, come now. So even in the weakest point of Israel, their enemies were still afraid of them. The Bible said that the Syrians came and barricaded the nation. Cut them off from their food. To a point that people were not killing their children to eat. Yes, they did not enter the city to fight. I am I communicating? Why didn't they enter? The Bible said that he has put his fear upon the nations. Saying, touch not mine anointed. And do my prophets no harm. So, all the people, all through scriptures, they will do like they advance them, but they will never make the first attempt. The Bible called them gates. Gates don't move. You didn't hear me. The average gate will just be shaking and moving up and down on a particular position. We are the people that are mobile and active. And the Bible says, when we move forward, the gates of hell cannot prevail. Is it making sense? So now, these guys were looking like they were advancing. And the Bible said that Saul became afraid. And his army began to depart from him, his generals. And he was not feeling threatened and alone. He then made a sacrifice. 
the prophet came and said, Today God has vowed to establish your throne forever. We just, that was the meeting we were having. As a matter of fact, why I did not come on time is because we've been planning your coronation forever. But you lost it. What is that? The lack of ability to depend on God. You didn't hear me. That lack of ability to depend on God. What will happen to you when you wake up one day and there's no money in your account? Amen. The inability to depend on God was what took up the office of kingship from Saul. Because everything else will fail apart from God. Every single thing else will fail. And David had the same test. The Bible said that, sit down. All his armies were living. And for the first time, they thought of stoning him. Historians said that the leader that had the best followership since history to date, including unbelievers, write about it, was King David of Israel. He had better loyalty than even Jesus Christ. Amen? The moment they laid hands on Jesus, Peter, 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 found, Peter just find his way. But Bible said the very first day in the battle, there was a mistake that one guy saw that David fell in the battle and one idiot was thinking of going near him. That one bad guy appeared from nowhere and dealt with the guy and then took the king and they swore and told him, sir, it's better than 10,000 people who die in Israel than you should die. David is dead and gone. His body is lying on the, on, on the upper room in his house and he's still king. Amen? The loyalty was fierce. And for the very first time, those men, of whom three of them took their life by the hand and went to the garrison of the Philistines to fetch you drinking water. It is not that there was no water anywhere else. It's just that the guy said, I wish I can just drink water from the well. Am I communicating? He wished it. And, but it was not an instruction. It's just like, oh, now I cook the hungry me. He said it, some guys heard it. It gave an instruction. No, it became a commandment. It became what? A commandment. And three guys went to the garrison of the Philistines. If you hear the name, if you hear the word garrison, garrison, you can, amen? It's just like garnishing. You know food that they, they garnish well. You won't find space. Three guys went into that place and fetched the water and came back. They gave it to David. They said, sir, see the water he asked for. He said, which water? Who fetched it? The guy said, it's only God that should be drinking this kind of water. Opened it and poured it on the ground. Men who were captains and lords in the house of Saul came down to David and said, we want to be foot soldiers for you. And day by day, Armies were added to David. His army became like the army of God. See loyalty. And for the very first time, 
The Bible says they thought of stoning David. A man's loyalty is not truly tested until he touches his family. Not him. Not him. Until you touch what? His family. I don't know how much you believe in me. Did I, <laughs> did I do something that will make your family uncomfortable? Not you. Bible said they were fierce. They got so bitter. At this point, what motivational speaking will tell you is to gather the people and give them a pep talk. Ah, we are. Hey, he are. And David inquired of the Lord. I don't care the opinion of all these guys. If they want to kill me, let them kill me. If they want to leave me, let them leave me. But I have seen that there is nothing as successful as aligning with you. Should I pursue? Will I overtake? He asked two questions. God gave three. Pursue. Overtake. And without fail, without fail, you shall recover all. That capacity to lean on God is not a camp meeting something. It's a life something. You know the outcome. That same experience looks like pictures in the Bible. But there are daily realities in the life of everybody here. That business, ah, bata bata, five million. Go to Anita, like, call that guy in Lagos, call engineer, uh, Obi, call honorable car for call. This one from Oka, they will send this from, they will build it from China, and then. They look like what you can do. But there are ways that cement right unto man. What camp meeting is teaching is that you must learn that your eyes is blind. That there is another eye that needs to be enlightened. Let my eyes of understanding be enlightened. The people praying were they, were they blind? God, open my ears to hear. You think they were deaf? Those that have eyes, ears, let them hear. Wait, okay. Who was Jesus talking to? Because beyond what we can do, what we can see, what we can achieve, is another realm of help that once it backs up our activity, our results will be effortless. Mark 1.35 A great while before the day break, Jesus would go to a solitary place and there he would pray. That's this. And when the day broke, the disciples came to him. And they said, Master, the whole city is looking for you. What did Jesus come on earth to do? To minister to the cities. To minister to souls. He wakes up and goes to God and leaves his vision, his ambition, his business. For they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. So the things people are pursuing, you know what thing I saw in the Bible? All things report to God. That's how uh, NLT translated it. The NLT or one of that scriptures. 
So you know the fastest and the best position to be is to be with God. All things will report to you. Am I communicating? Praise the Lord. So while we go back in your family, while you go back to your business, while you go back to your career, while you go back to your relationship, while you go back to your ideas, that mistake, the very day Joshua made that AI mistake, the guy vowed all his life, I will never fight. Do you know AI? Even to today, AI is a small city. But they are small people. But AI dealt with Israel. The second time Joshua made the same mistake was in under guys. The Bible says some guys who have heard of the exploit of Israel went as these guys themselves as though they are coming from a far country. And came and met Joshua and said, We are coming from a far country. Uh, we don't want people to kill us. We've heard of how merciful your God is. And you people are too. Can we be your servant? Can we work with you people? Can you provide us shelter? We'll just be doing manual labor for you people. And they agreed. Don't enter agreement until you hear from God. No matter how emotionally appealing it would be. And the Bible said eventually they get to the next city that we're supposed to take. And the moment they put their hands to strike, evil began to happen in their camp. And Joshua immediately retreated and inquired of God, what is happening? And God said, the people you are killing, you had covenant with them just last week. And at this time, it cannot be undone. And Joshua called the people and said, you people lied to us. They said, yes, but we didn't want to die. They then bore all their ears holes and made them slaves. But does it change anything? No. What do I mean by that? These people now became the mixed multitude that caused all the evil in Israel. One of them was the guy who stood over King Saul and cut off his head. They said, who are you? They said, I'm the son of an alien. And I'm like a light. They say, these are the people, those guys. One of them was Doeg, the Edomite, that took knife and killed 70 priests in one day. At this point, you can't do them anything. They have infiltrated the system. Why? Because a man did not inquire from God. Hallelujah. So that they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with you, they shall run, they shall not faint, they shall fly, they shall not run. He said that though the young men may get weary, he said, but not for us. The Bible said that even the young lions may hunger and want. But they shall not lack anything good that depends on the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And he said, And whatsoever you ask in my name, whatsoever is whatsoever. Whatsoever is what? Whatsoever. Whatsoever is what? Whatsoever. 
The next one is Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 and 8. Look at that scripture. Whatsoever is whatsoever. He said, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For whosoever shall ask, receive it. So both, what, both whatsoever and whosoever. So we can gladly mix the two scriptures and say, whosoever shall ask whatsoever. Whosoever shall ask what? Whatsoever. So whatsoever does not mean things that look bigger than you. Whatsoever means everything. You see that plot of land? You want to buy it. Before you buy it, it looks very small. People have died because of two inches. So is it true? Two inches, two. I don't know if this is two feet. Five inches. Two feet. You put your fence inside my fence and your zinc inside my roof. Where? Someone will die. Why? <laughs> because a man does not know that there are ways that cement right unto man. What camp meeting should enshrine in every single person? is that every step is worth talking to God about. It doesn't show your immaturity, it shows your spiritual responsibility. Because you must have, you know there's a way to rationalize things in the physical. You say, as an adult, it's not everything, you just tell your dad. You just, you, 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 as a responsible child, you, you, you do things to surprise your father. <laughs> Jesus did not do anything to surprise his father. <laughs> Amen? Please, don't try to surprise him. Our understanding is very, very far limited. Hallelujah. So our best disposition is every time, in everything, depending on him. When God saw that potential in David, he endorsed his throne forever. A man of God in Nigeria has said, let everybody leave. It is one man's vote that matters. He said, who is that person's vote? He said, it's my vote. He said, how? He said, there is what God told me. I will hold on to it. If 10 people want to leave, let them leave. 50 people want to leave, let them leave. And what is God saying? In all your ways, not in some of your ways, in all, all is all. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Now, to make it extremely simplified, one thing is key to note that depending on God is not a burden that cannot be borne. The moment you make spirituality complex in your head, you lose it completely. Spirituality is just a mindset of God in physical things. Let me say it again. It is the God's perspective in physical things. Why? He said the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. Why is he saying they are not carnal? It's because they look carnal. 
For example, what does it mean waking up in the morning and spending 30 minutes in God's presence? So what if I don't do that? Will anything spoil? You could also stay on YouTube for 30 minutes. Or on WhatsApp for 2 hours. He said that those that sow to the flesh will reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you live eternal life. If you want to understand that, look at it clearly. The moment you sow anything, the first thing that will happen is that it will decay. Whether you sowed in the spirit or you sowed in the flesh. Whether you sowed on a good soil or on a bad soil, the first thing is that they will decay. Now, depending on if it's a good soil, that decayed thing will now spring forth. So at the beginning, they look alike. At the beginning, they look alike. If mistakenly it was in the flesh you now sowed into, no matter how long you wait, if you harvest, you harvest corruption. You harvest the same decayed thing. But if you planted in the spirit, it will look like it has decayed. But give it time. It will spring forth. So he now said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They look carnal. They appear carnal. But they are mighty, not on their own. They are mighty through God. They are mighty what? Through God. Why did I say this? So that you don't make complex spiritual things. Spiritual things are as simple as physical things spiritualized through God. Because the moment you imagine that you are not in the mood for Gadagudu Jagapakata, you won't pray. But the moment you understand that he's not in that mood, it is in the praying it. You just pray it. Why people don't practice spirituality is because they complex it. Simplify it and commonize it and practice it. So you wake up, you are not feeling like praying, just pray. It is not how you feel that makes it spiritual. It is through God that makes it spiritual. So the moment you can see spiritual practices as a simple lifestyle, it becomes extremely easy to live by it. The moment you know you can wake up and just put worship, you are not feeling like worshiping, but just worship. It is not how you feel that makes it the worship. It is your worship that makes it the worship. But you know the other thing? The moment you now put your action into it, the spirit will flow. There's a language for it. It is of faith that it might be of grace. You want to see the grace in prayer. Start praying by faith. What is it? Faith. Now, take steps even when it doesn't make sense. Then before you know it, it will begin to make sense. So that's why all the time you prayed, when you did not feel like praying, you came to church. But the atmosphere did not permit you to press your phone. Ten minutes later, you notice that you actually wanted to pray. Anybody? So what if you waited to be in the mood? You wouldn't have prayed. 
So, for the rest of the season, the atmosphere may not be like the camp meeting atmosphere, where the charge was there, where the, 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 the passion to pray was there, where the zeal to do that was there. But it's not in all of those. As a matter of fact, Jesus gave a powerful principle. He says, more blessed are they that did not have any evidence, but they believed. So it means, the guy who is praying, even though he's feeling like he's not even praying, the Bible said there's more blessing in that. You didn't hear me. He said to, to, to what is his name? To Thomas. He said, more blessed are those who did not see, but they believed. So you see that in God's principle of activity, the things that are connected with by faith are more tangible than the things that are connected by the physical realities. That is why, oh, I don't know if I should go in this direction. Let me come out from there. It will take us two services. Let's not, let's not go there. Let's just stay here. Amen. <laughs> Right. Well, it's very important to explain what I want to explain. But well, let's let's see for next time. Our time is almost up. Is it making sense? In God, invisible things are more real than visible things. Things not felt are more felt than things that are felt. Your prayers are more forcible. That time you do not feel like you are praying. You know why God does it like that? So that you can sincerely say, it's God that helped me. If you know how I prayed, if, 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 you, if you know how I prayed, no, God doesn't want that. <laughs> nah, I don't even know if I prayed. Though. All I know is that I just spoke in tongues. Just, God help me. God prefers it like that. So that no man will be an El Shaddai. If there's anything you can learn from a man of God, it is his daily presentation to everybody that he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Amen. You see where I am right now. What I'm doing, I know, but what is doing me? Have you ever said that before? So what is doing him, he's not aware of. So, everybody, camp meeting has come to an end for the people, but it just started with you. God is not camping in your house. He's camping in your car. He's camping in your business place. So you don't wait for, for one special distance. No. Everywhere you go, you are speaking in tongues. You are making spirituality a normal thing. And you are learning to depend on God. God loves it more than everything in this world. There is nothing God loves on earth and in heaven as to be depended upon. He's not according himself, El Shaddai. You do not understand. He said, please, cast all your cares upon me. The guy who is telling you that is, is, is trying to express to you, there's an area if you touch me, you rest, I will respond all the time. So don't assume I can do this one. I know this one. And why am I saying this? So that if there's an emergency... Oh, Holy Ghost, 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 Holy Ghost. The guy that has a tomb up on his pocket, eh? An emergency situation shows up. 
He just drinks that and does and puts it back. Amen. He believes in the emergency response of his charm. But many persons who believe that, okay, I need to stay six months of prayers for this. No. You get into that place for that contract and the conversation begins to go contrary. You bring out your charm. Yeah, he must respond to me. Mazi Odogu, hear me. Kane Musaka, Edalu, Aga, Ado, Emarasata. Amen. It is something you do. It's not something you wait to do later. It is who you are. It is our life. I'll copy this way. No individual takes paracetamol. Hoping that it will work. When they take it, they are sure it will work. How do I know? When you come to see them in the morning in the hospital, if it didn't work, they tell you, doctor, that drug did not work. Do you know why they give that feedback? Because they believe it should work. In the same way, if you can put confidence in your practice of spiritual rituals, so that for each time you are applying them, you are not doing it like, I hope God will answer. The guy who takes a charm and knows that if he turns three times and jumps seven times, if you shoot him, going to enter. Do you think he does it and he's believing it will work? He knows it will work. He knows that provided I've turned three times and jumped two times, shoot me, nothing will happen. You need to have that same forcible conviction. If a man must come to God, he must settle it in his heart that he is and he's a rewarder of everyone that diligently seek him. He will answer you tomorrow. He will answer you now. Say now. now. Say now. now. Say now. now. So me say I will pray. Not just today. Not just tomorrow. It is a lifestyle. It is who I am. I don't have to be in the mood. I don't have to wait to feel it. Say big amen. As a professional, we're told, no patient comes to meet you in the hospital if I'm not in the mood. Amen. I'm not not in the mood to to hear today. Whether I'm in the mood or not, I already know that if you arrive in coma, if I do this and do this and do this and do that, you come out of coma. I don't have to be in the mood to do it. The action and the mood are two different things. I'm angrily doing it, but I'm doing it. You're happily doing it, but you're doing it. The moment you are done doing one, two, three, four, five, this person is supposed to come out of coma. You practice those steps. In the same way, spiritual materials, the Bible calls them weapons of warfare. They are not emotions, they are weapons, they are tools, they are materials to be used. You can't tell someone, I was not in the mood when I cut your head. If I take a matchet and without being in the mood, and it goes through your neck, your, <laughs> amen? Not your neck. 
somebody's neck or a goat's neck, you see your neighbor's chicken passing and without being in the mood, you just cut the neck. The chicken's neck will fall off, two of us. And the person going to say, I was not in the mood. I, 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 I was not in the mood when I cut it. Once that matcher goes through the neck of that fowl, the head is off. Every issue that you have been given spiritual use for are not waiting for your emotions. They are waiting for your actions. As you take spiritual actions upon them, you see them fall flat like as though they, they truly doesn't have any power behind them. Empty gates. My prayer is that God will put a in you to make this reality a daily reality for you. In the name of Jesus. I pray you carry this spiritual practice into your family. Into your home. Into your business place. Into your career. Into your visions. Your academics. In the name of Jesus. The next time someone is sick around you, lay hands on the sick. You will not recover them. You shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Do your part and let God fail. Amen. Do your part and let God fail. Lay hands on the sick. If mistakenly the sick person is you, put your hands upon your head. Amen. The Bible does not say lay hands on people. It says lay hands on the sick. If you find out yourself not the way you like it, you put your hands upon your head. Out! Have you not done your part? Who is to do the other one? If he fails, is in your score sheet? So why are you not practicing it? Go home and be a child of God. Go home and be a believer. Go home and be a conqueror. In the name of Jesus. Can you be on your feet and lift up your hands? Father will give you praise. Thank you for your word. It's quick. Thank you for your word is powerful. Thank you for we understand spiritual truth. Thank you because we don't wait. Thank you because we are taking steps. Thank you because your word on its own is potent enough. And our responsibilities align with it. This season, we declare that the practice of spiritual rituals we go home with us to the marketplace. We go home with us to our families. We go home with us to our visions. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare that from this day going forward, nothing around us is permitted to fail. Provided we are around, we'll carry the solution for every situation. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray every person here that Lord, you honor their faith. Encourage their little efforts so that their little faith will grow to a strong faith. In the name of Jesus. The next time you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. No, you're not saying it's amen like you believe it. The next time you call for money, you will receive it. The next time you call for the opportunities, they will come. The Bible says, Whatsoever shall hear you say, as you practice prayer, 
let God honor you in the name of Jesus. I pray that thing that dissipates your faith, that leaks your power, that makes you take two steps forward and four backwards in God. I declare this night they die a natural death in the name of Jesus. You will find yourself loving God. You will find yourself praying. You will find yourself fasting. You will find yourself giving. You will find yourself changing your community. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Holy Spirit. Lift your hands and worship Him. Lift your hands and worship Him. Lift your hands and worship Him.